Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, with co-host Tim Langer. Today's episode, we'll be talking about chronic healing and meditation. Today's guest is Agustina Caminos. She's the wellness director for Faina Group and spa director at Faina Hotel, Miami Beach. Agustina is a chronic healing instructor, therapist, and spiritual guide, as well as a professor of yoga and alternative medicine practitioner. A graduate of the Institute of Inner Studies in the Philippines, she comes from a family of yogis and has absorbed knowledge of different modalities and healing approaches since childhood. Agustina, welcome to the show. Okay, thank you so much. Atma Namaste, everyone. Andy, team, and all the audience. I am so happy and honored to be here sharing this space with you. So thank you. Of course, of course. So, Agustina, tell us first by it says on your on your bio um, that you came from a family family of yogis. Tell us a little bit more of uh, how that was, and also how you got to where you're at now, and how you got into pranic healing. Well, the answer to that question is just the same way as you asked it. Of course, it came before um, from my family. So, my grandparents. Even though my granddad was a, an engineer and my grandmom an art teacher, they were mm-hmm. both yogis. They were doing yoga already in like when they were 25 years old. So at the age of 80 years old, I was taught uh, to do pranayama and I was already doing yoga with them, playing with the mats when I was even four. Mm-hmm. But my granddad taught me this uh, pranayama technique. Pranayama, for those that don't know, is the control of our breath. Prana is the Sanskrit word for energy. So it is the control of the energy within us. And that mm-hmm. allows us to control our emotions and do many more things that probably we will um, go through all that during the, the interview. So Mm -hmm. at the age of 12 years old, I started to have experiences with energies, but things that I didn't manage, like I wasn't conscious that I could invoke and things were happening. So some of the things happening were incredible and very nice and some scared me. So I a little bit laid back and stopped doing this uh, energy work, even though I didn't have a technique, but I stopped doing all my magical movements and prayers or invocations. And I just kept on doing my yoga practice as always. And at the age of 30, I went to lived to Brazil and there my father's wife that she is a pranic healer um, a little bit before of that I started to have experiences again like 20 something I started to to live these experiences like the awakening again so when I arrived to Brazil she said you need to do pranic healing and I was like okay what's pranic healing and Well, she did the first healing on me and it was amazing. I had my eyes closed and I could feel every movement, everything. She took me back. I felt like previous lives or things that I I had images, colors. And I said, okay, I want to learn that. And she was healing my wrist. And I never had pain in my wrist again, ever. And this is a long time ago. 
uh, I'm 47 now, so yes, it was like 17 years ago. So there is where I started to study panic healing around 2006. I started with a technique and I fell in love with it. So in panic healing, um, I don't know if you want to do some questions about it or if you let me talk. Yeah, I, want, well, I, I, yeah, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned, I, wanted, I want you to talk a little bit more about the experience earlier on where you started feeling energy or I guess... Um, you started feeling this awareness with your body. You talked about an awakening. You want to go a little bit deeper uh, into that um, as far as what you felt and what you, I guess, because of the practice with what your grandparents were going through, you already knew kind of an idea of what was happening. Um, but for those that may not know, what, what did you mean by an awakening and what did you mean by energy? Well, so the first thing that my granddad taught to me, uh, we were coming with a family to the States. I'm from Argentina. And mm -hmm. before um, the trip, he said, okay, Agustina, I want to teach you something. Yes, every time you have pain, every time you are sad or you miss us or you have any problem, um, close your eyes. So I close my eyes. And what do, what do you see? And I described this like little white sparkles of light that mm -hmm. I don't know, I think everybody when you close your eyes, you don't see all darkness, you see like little spots of light. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, now visualize, imagine that you are inhaling all that white bright light into your body, fill your body with that light and especially if it is that emotion or if it is that pain, that specific thing that is happening to you, and exhale it in a dark gray. And then inhale again, and the next time you will exhale it a little cleaner and cleaner and cleaner until the same light you inhale is the same light you exhale. And I was like, okay, I, he made me do the exercise, and I was spaced out already at the breath number 12 uh, I was eight years old, so I was, I'm Virgo, so I really like to follow instructions. <laughs> every time Fair. I was sad, every time I was, I also like to break the rules, but okay, that's another part of, um, every time I was sad, every time something hurt, I did this practice. So at the age of 12, I was already back in Argentina, I, I was in the States for three years, and I started to experience getting out of my body, but without doing the exercise. So all of a sudden I was like watching myself from above. And then I got scared and rapidly came back. And, or then I was once dancing in my house doing, you know, when you're alone and you're dancing mm -hmm. and there, there was a mirror and I stared at the mirror and I started to see my face changing. So I got scared. I sat on a chair, but like all of a sudden, and a white bright light, like a circle of white bright light came in my chest. And I was like, whoa, what, what's all this? So mm -hmm. all those kinds of things were happening. Um, when I got afraid, a friend of my mom said like, Tina, you have to find a teacher. I was like, okay, right. How do I find a teacher? Where do I find a teacher? Um, and one of my masters in pranic healing, he, he says, as 
Master Chuak Oksui, that is the founder of Pranic Healing. Uh, mm-hmm. When the student is ready, the teacher has no other choice than being there. And that's what happened many years ago. When I was ready, I, I feel that I entered into school of pranic healing. And there is like, they taught me what to do with the energies, which type of energies invoke and bring, because I didn't know, I was calling all the energies to go help someone and things were <laughs> happening. Um, right. Or I was doing inst- inst- instinctively, I was doing healings like to my nephew, and now I know that I was sweeping his energy, his internal aura, but I was doing it without knowing what I was doing. And also, and, and the healings were done, like things were happening and people were, were healed. So, but probably uh, I was getting contaminated as well. So with pranic healing, the technique is amazing because it's very, precise, but it's also very um, careful of the practitioner and of the patient. Yeah, super interesting. So you, you already mentioned a little bit where, where pranic healing comes from. Maybe if you can elaborate a little bit. So let's say the background of pranic healing and how this came, came about. Absolutely. Um, so pranic healing was created by Master Choa Koksui. Master Chuakotsui, he's from Chinese origin, but he was born in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And he was a scientist. He was a businessman as well. And very, he came from a very wealthy family. So he devoted his life to develop this uh, technique of pranic healing. And it's not coincidence that he was born just a hundred years after um, Usui, that is the creator of the Reiki. Mm. In a way, I feel that Master Choko Usui came to continue developing the technique. He passed in 2007, and even though he he left eight masters of pranic healing, um, we all sustain, and it is like that, like we are, uh, I hope, an evolving um, species, so we are evolving all the time. So pranic healing continues to evolve. Um, So there is an institute of research for pranic healing where we are all the time also doing research. Now there is, for example, for the COVID-19, there is a a protocol just made for that specific uh, disease. And how are we going to be treating that? How are the chakras affected? Because pranic healing, as Master Chua, he was a scientist. So as a good scientist, he's very organized. He was very organized. And he created like... um, a protocol for each disease. So it's like a, every book of each different um, workshop has like a pademecum, like all the protocols. So uh, for example, I'm instructor for the basic workshop. Uh, mm-hmm. so if you're going to start in pranic healing, you have to start, even if you are a master Reiki, you have to start from the beginning in pranic healing. And 
We will teach you the energy anatomy. We will teach you how to scan the energy of your body and of other people's body and be able to scan the chakras, determine if the chakras are congested or if they are depleted, if they are overactivated or if they are underactivated. A person may have a super overactivated basic chakra but not have any energy in it. So there are different conditions of our energetic body that affect our physical body, yes? And vice versa, what happens to one happens to the other one. So then you have the advanced pranic healing workshop. There you start to use colors also for treating the physical body. Then in the third level, you have psychotherapy, pranic psychotherapy, where you treat um, traumas, phobias, addictions. It's another technique with another type of energy. Then you work on crystals so with the crystals you apply the techniques in pranic healing but accelerating 100 200 times depending on the size and how the quality of the crystal is so in the institute of inner studies that is the school that master chokoksui founded it has workshops that are for healing, like the ones that I am describing, the pranic mm -hmm. healing, advanced psychotherapy crystals. You also have pranic uh, self-defense where you're doing energetic shields. Then you have the materializing part. Okay, uh, spiritual business management, feng shui, um, and you, different types of how are you going to use the energy to focus and have your goals and, and concrete things. And then you have the spiritual part where you have our Hatik yoga that is like a synthesis of all the different yogas in, in uh, curated meditations where we are activating the pineal gland, the uh, kundalini energy and doing cleansing of all the chakras and a lot of purifying and purifying is one of the keys in pranic healing first is purification and in this spiritual um, part of the school you have buddhism judaism christianism revealed and he makes like uh, like all the religions speak about the same thing in different words basically mm -hmm. So, I mean, from what I'm understanding, especially from the very beginning where you define what prana is, basically energy. So you're using the body's own energy uh, to not only heal itself, but to be able to protect itself from um, disease, from emotional stress, whatever type of stress it can be. So, um, and you mentioned this out-of-body experience that you were having prior. So it kind of certain points in your life that led you down this road into uh, what is now known as prana healing. You looked for a master uh, and you mentioned usually when you're looking for a master, the master knows when it's ready because he knows that you're ready. So it's kind of like both of you guys meet almost simultaneously. And then that's where the journey starts to begin. Correct? Yes. Yes. Or how my journey continued, but in a more specific way. Uh, one thing that you said is, well, the body doesn't heal itself with its own energy because sometimes it doesn't have energy. So what the body uses is its own uh, ability to heal itself. But what pranic healing does is to accelerate the, our own process of healing ourselves is 
gather the energy from the universe, the prana, from the air, from the sun, from the earth. So what the therapist does is just to become a channel. Uh, there are different types of energy. It's, uh, we have the energy, the prana of the air or of the universe. We have the uh, divine energy that is another quality of prana. And we have our own synthetic key that is key, like a K-I. The, it's like prana in Chinese. Uh, and that prana is a prana that one synthesizes in our own body. So you see these people that it's like, you know, those rainy days where the people are like, oh, super slow, no energy. Mm -hmm. And you see this person that is super cheerful, super up, super energetic. Okay, that person has a lot of synthetic prana. Uh, is probably a person or that is doing meditation or yoga or does some type of activity. Or you have it naturally. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have it naturally, you bring it. I just want to highlight that, that it's not that we use the energy of our body because many times when we get sick, we need an extra boost of energy. And, we, and that is what pranayama is. No, you, you gather the energy from the universe. And in, during this, the healing or when you're working with an, an instructor or a therapist, um, are there strategies in place where you teach the person how to build up their own energy or is it always being facilitated by the uh, therapist or the instructor? Well, yes, that's a very good point. Um, I really, even though I am a pranic healer and I like to help people, I love helping people. That's why I do what I do. I don't like to leave of the disease or disorders of others. So if I have a patient come into my studio and with a specific problem, I will help that person and I will tell that person, look, come to the workshop, learn how to heal yourself. Like your imbalance is because of this, this and that. Uh, yeah. we, we, it's not me telling, no, it's something that we get to that together. And of course, we do not make diagnosis. The, the, mm -hmm. the, pro the person has to come with a diagnosis from a doctor if mm -hmm. it applies. Um, and um, I always suggest a person to come to the workshops and, do the, and learn how to heal themselves. But suppose that the person doesn't come to the workshop. There are some things that you can teach them how to do like okay you can do this exercise with pranayama you can really boost your energy you can have more energy you need to move your body you need to do yoga or exercise whatever is it that you so depending case by case what is the i know when people hear energy uh, for me i think about uh, qigong acupuncture but also there's also the side of like reiki what is the difference between pranic healing and then a Reiki practitioner? Well, the the practitioner or the technique? The technique. Um, I guess it would be the, yeah, the technique, the method. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I am not a Reiki, a Reikist. I've never done Reiki, but what I know of Reiki is that it channels the energy, the therapist channels the energy, they use symbols, and the energy is intelligent and goes to the part of the body that it needs. Mm -hmm. Pranic healing, for me, it's like going to the 
you are like a surgeon, like an energetic surgeon. You go to the specialist and you manipulate the energy of the person. So that is why, first of all, you always need the permission of the person. And suppose that this lady uh, just fell and has an injury in the elbow, but she's also having her period. So probably she will be needing some sweeping in all the sexual organs, but really she comes to me to help to heal her elbow. Okay, so you say, okay, I'm going to go specifically there to the elbow. I will do, well, so basically the difference of the Reiki and the pranic healing is that in pranic healing, you have a protocol. So there is a protocol for all the different diseases, which are the chakras that are affected, why and how are you going to treat them? And you manipulate the energy, which in Reiki you do not, and you clean, there is a, a lot of cleansing. So always before energizing something, you have to clean it. And that is like the principle of pranic healing. That is why I talked about at the beginning about purification. In pranic healing, there is a strong emphasis on purification. Even for those that just want to do the techniques for meditating and grow their energy bodies, uh, I always give the example of a solar plexus chakra that has a little bit of fear. And then you are meditating, 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 and all your energy body gets so big that your chakras grow and get bigger. That little spot of fear becomes huge. Or if it is selfishness in the heart, or if it... So first you need to... Um, practice purification. If you're going to, to put fertilizer in a garden, first you need to remove the weeds in order to have the roses or have the plants that you want to grow, grow with that fertilizer even more. So mm -hmm. the, the divine energy is, when you're meditating, is a fertilizer. It is important that you work on the virtues. And that is something that we see it already from the basic workshop. We talk about karma, about the character building. How are we going to become better persons? Um, how are we, because you start to have power over the, the person. Why? Because as you can clean and energize a chakra to make it bigger, to make it healthier, you could do the opposite if you were stupid and not know that if you do that, you will have the negative karma towards you. But there is still some people that their first um, reaction is revenge or is anger towards someone that hurts them. So we do a lot of character building to have someone that at, at a point of time is hurting you and you could feel compassion for that person. Yes, because as we evolve in the practice, you really start to have more power because knowledge and energy gives you power. So that power, you should have it, but at the same time, you are developing and working on your weaknesses, on constructing your character to become a better person. Make awesome. Yeah. In, yes, you described a lot already about... Uh... Uh, different pre uh, different scans and uh, about different protocols. 
So if, for someone who would come for the very first time to a pranic healing session or to a workshop, what what should someone expect? How that works? Is it like somebody, I mean, you talked about meditation. Is it so? Yeah. What happens after someone enters the room for a pranic healing session in some some way? Well, uh, so it's tricky because when you say what would someone expect, I always tell people not to have expectations. <laughs> Which is a very good point. That's maybe the first point. Good. <laughs> because when you have expectations and things turn out the way you want it, you're not surprised or anything. They're just are. And if something turns out different, then you will be uh, disappointed. But if you don't have any uh, expectations, you just take things the way they come. Okay. Um, and that is um, what I tell people that come for the first time and it's like, okay, do you know what pranic healing is? Well, no, really, someone told me that you're great, suppose, no? Um, um, but I needed a pranic healing session. So I said, okay, so let's start with the base, pranic healing accelerates your own process of healing. So there are many reasons why you are going to be healed. One is that the technique is performed correctly. So that is my responsibility. But the other 50% depends on you. Do you want to heal? Do you want to let go? Do you want to really work on the things that generated the patterns, removing the patterns that generated your disease or your imbalance. Uh, so if you want and you are receptive, allow me to do the job, allow me to do the work. What I will be doing is removing the dirty and stagnant energy from your chakras and replenish with fresh energy. That's to make the long story short. That's awesome. And I think that goes along with uh, just going back to your bio, right? We talked about the instructor component. We talked about the therapist component. But I think a lot of it, what people don't understand is uh, people have to be willing and accepting to change, right? I think a lot of people identify with either pain or limitation or suffering. Um, I think for a lot of people, I think very important component, which you just mentioned is, are you ready? Are you willing to let go? Um, and I think that that's the spiritual guide um, this component of being a pranic healer, right? Or no? Yes. No, yes, yes, completely. And also it's like uh, when you are going to do a healing, it is important to hear the person and see what this pain is, where this pain is coming from. Suppose maybe mm -hmm. it's a lady, she's like, oh, I have been having this stomach ache for a very long time. And it's, so I, I am afraid I could have cancer, suppose, no? Of course, mm -hmm. if that was the, the conversation, I would ask if the person, okay, did you go to the doctor? Because I need a doctor's uh, note. But right. um, suppose she did, suppose she didn't. It doesn't matter. Um, but where I was going to is maybe the problem is emotional. So maybe uh, by talking to her and trying to see, did you go to the doctor? No, well, because it's on and off and this and really. And then you talking to her, you get to know that her son went to live in another state because he's studying and he's in New York, suppose, and he's mm -hmm. worried. Oh, okay. And there you start kind of like to realize and to make her realize what she is saying. Oh, so you are 
worried. Do you know where the worry gets in our, do you know the emotions, no? Which are mm -hmm. organs and the emotions with, if it is fear, we will probably, the person will probably have uh, some disorder in the kidneys. So by knowing this, you kind of like lead the person to realize where this problem is coming from. Or if it's a person that says, okay, I am, I, I want to work, I get, um, very angry many times okay who was getting angry in your family oh my dad was getting angry so you kind of like just making little questions make them mm -hmm. go to the point and why for me this is very important because as for master Chokoksui, he says if there is no awareness there is no transformation right so we I, I can't remove without having this conversation. I can't remove the dirty and stagnant energy. But if you go on then and put it again, it's like you will be coming back, you know, in maybe one week or two weeks. But if right. you remove the pattern, if you want to go deep and you really want to heal, let's start the healing process. And many times, only by having the conversation, the person is like, oh, okay. Oh, mm -hmm. no. And for that, I think it's important. As a pranic healer, I do my psychoanalysis for many years. Uh, I, I think that uh, it is very important for me to do my psychoanalysis to also help others to see from other perspectives. No? Yeah. So when you mentioned psychoanalysis, is that like you yourself getting treated or are you yourself being uh, guided? Is that what you mean? Um, for I, I am treated uh, for many years. I, I have my psychoanalyst in Argentina. She's amazing. Mm. And there are some times that I kind of feel that I don't have a topic. But then yeah. I had a patient that um, has problems with cocaine. And it did mm -hmm. to me last year. And I was like, okay, cocaine. Really, I've never been very close to that. So I was trying to see how could I help him in the conversation when he was going to come to me and have the healing. He asked mm -hmm. me for help, but we said, okay, great. That's already a, a very... Uh, big step. Yes, a very big step to, to recognize it because generally they don't recognize the people that have addictions and then to ask mm -hmm. for help. So, wow. And I really wanted to be there for that person. So in my session, I was like, okay, Estela, where does the cocaine come from? Like what I feel is that it is um, a lot of violence, no? Because it, how mm -hmm. violent you have to be to do that to yourself. Um, there are different types of violence. Now, I used to smoke when I was a teenager, and I mm -hmm. felt I was very violent. And someone that does something else probably says, like, ah, oh, that's not violent, is it? But someone that doesn't smoke says, why do you do that to your lungs? Now that I do mm -hmm. it, I feel it's very violent. So, or someone that eats compulsively. Okay, you're, be you're being violent to your body. So there are different ways of being uh, so for me, having someone that is um, a professional uh, helps me a lot in trying to see how can I also, not that I will do uh, psychotherapy to the person, no. Mm -hmm. Pranic psychotherapy, that is the in pranic healing, but all the knowledge that you can have that help you to 
to help your um, patient yeah, is better. Give a different perspective, a different perspective. Yes. Of course, then you can tell him, look, I did my part. Uh, I really suggest that you go to a psychoanalysis. No, this yeah. is not a psychoanalysis uh, session. It's a psychotherapy, pranic right. psychotherapy session. So, yes, it, it, the person needs to have awareness. Where is this coming from so that we can change? So, uh, so I guess if, the, if we were to give it steps for the people listening, um, awareness or the, yeah, the awareness that something is off or you need to work on something, it would probably be the first step. And then the second step would probably be the acceptance of help, I guess. Yeah. It's important then, you say because acceptance of help doesn't mean that then I will solve all your problems. Right. No, don't don't put it all on me. <laughs> that's, it's true. Yeah, that's why I say it's a 50-50. You, know? you have to put your part. There has to be an accountability factor for the person that wants help. Because it can it can be um, it can't just it can't put all the work towards the uh, practitioner. It's got to be like you mentioned, right? You can come in and if you do all the work, by the time they leave, right, that energy or uh, the limitation or discomfort, whatever it is that they were uh, having, is it going to come back because they haven't really done anything to take the steps um, to really address it themselves. Yeah, some people don't want to get healed. They they yeah. say they want to get healed, but really they use that pain to manipulate their family, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, or because they they like to be the victims, or it's, it's you know it's a so the really you have to go thin with that, those people, but most uh, they have to be receptive. It is important that they are receptive. For um, how important is it for the practitioner to um, have a practice of their own? I can only imagine. Um, so, for example, for myself. Um, I like to do, so I'm a uh, sports medicine practitioner. So I work with a lot of people with like rehab injuries, but are, there are components where I work with them in a similar uh, manner where um, I talk about lifestyle, talk about, you know, mindset, um, how are they dealing with emotions? How are they dealing with stress? Uh, because as I started realizing is uh, a lot of the pain that they were having, kind of like you mentioned, wasn't a physical pain. They can do an exercise, they can do this, 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 no problem, but this pain always persisted. And you can, uh, as I started working more like this, I started uh, uh, understanding that this person was always angry. Why is this person always angry? Mm -hmm. And as I touch a certain topic, it would kind of like um, increase this sensitivity. So um, as I started working more like this emotional kind of stress uh, component, mind-body approach, a lot of this pain that I couldn't address with the exercise or the manual therapy was being addressed. But what I started seeing is the more I went into this like energetic realm, it started to affect myself, right? So almost to the point where this aggression or this anxiety or this um, anger that this person have later on in the day, I would feel that. I'm like, what the heck? Why am I feeling angry? I shouldn't be feeling angry. So I can only assume someone like yourself that works primarily in this realm, do you start to have this transference of energy, this transference almost of, yeah, I guess it's energy. Yeah. Well, yes, it is energy. Um, as I said at the beginning, Master Jacob Sui did a very strong emphasis, uh, emphasis? emphasis? <laughs> on mm -hmm. 
purification and protecting the the practitioner as for mm -hmm. the uh, patient. So there is there is an energetic hygiene that is super specific uh, for the practitioner. Most of all, how are you, you are going to get dirty? You are going to get contaminated. How do you clean yourself? How do you cut that energy cord that links you to that person? So, and mm. you come to my next pranic healing workshop, yeah. <laughs> at least to learn this basis. Uh, many people like uh, had come. I'm, I'm uh, an instructor since 2011, and so uh, um, I, I have helped many people through. Uh, the basic pranic healing workshop. And I don't say they are my students, they're Master Chua students, but they studied with me. And many people, they don't want to become healers. They just want, the, want it for their lives. Their yeah. mothers or fathers, or the, uh, I even had some doctors. And they are like, I can't believe this is not taught in medical school. In university. Like, yeah. how come? It's so basic. It's so important. No, we are the soul manifesting in this physical body. We are not a body with energy. We are an energetic uh, being that manifests in this physical body. So how come we are not taught about this? I don't even say in the university, I really would start doing this in kindergarten, no? Like the mm -hmm. soul affirmation, I am the soul, I am not my emotions, I am not the body, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yes. And it's, funny, it's funny enough you say that kids are more accept, are more uh, accepting of this type of concept than, than, uh, than the adults, right? Yes. Because of their imagination, but they are more aware of themselves uh, than the adults, right? As, as you start to as you start to grow and and become more of an adult, you have society, societal norms, um, your own ego, your own stuff that, that you're kind of dealing with. So to have something else, where you're like, oh, I have to learn this, and all all of what I've always learned and always thought uh, is kind of uh, I have to kind of some unlearn certain things. So for like to your point, I think. Um, and you're starting to see that a little bit more, right? We have like meditation and breathing exercises for children. Um, but what I do see is kids are more open to that type of practice or that type of knowledge than uh, a lot of the adults. Well, uh, in pranic healing, there was a need at a certain point because there were the school was growing and growing and it's in over 100 and something countries. So we created, they created the prana kids that is specific oh, wow. for the children. So if you're going to a retreat, uh, you also have the prana kit. So it, it's interesting. And um, uh, Andy and Tim, one thing that I would really like to highlight before we could um, end is talking about service, talking about giving. And the main meditation in the Pranic Healing is the Twin Hearts Meditation. That now I am doing service, I'm giving it, it's for free. I'm doing it by Zoom uh, every day, but Mondays and Wednesdays at, at 3 p.m. And this meditation, Master Choa um, was inspired in the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi that says, it is in giving that we receive. No? And we are just channels of divine energy, blessing the Mother Earth, and it has different stages, the meditation. 
but if you want, I can talk about the meditation. But uh, what I wanted to highlight first is the service. Why? Because it is in giving that we receive. And that is based in the law of karma. Whatever energy we throw to the universe, we will be having it back. And that is based on the qualities of the prana or of the energy that is that they work, it works with the law of attraction. So you can direct the energy. That is one of the qualities of the properties of the energy. It's directionable. So because it works with likes attracts likes, no? Um, with the law of attraction. So many times a person comes to my studio for a healing. Suppose a person with cancer. And a person with cancer, if you see the chakras of people with cancer, generally they have overactivated the basic chakra, overactivated and dirty, overactivated the solar plexus. The heart is small and the ajna, that is the center of the willpower between the eyebrows, is small. So generally, no, unless then maybe if it is a brain tumor, then it could be overactivated. But those are uh, uh, some conditions of the chakras for, for people that is having cancer. So what I said is heart small. When you do service, your heart gets big. Mm. It activates with generosity, with compassion. You, you feel so good. You feel happy when, you're, when you do service and you see how you help someone. So um, this meditation is really powerful because you are not only bringing down the amount of energy for one person. Like if you are meditating to activate your pineal gland, okay, the amount of energy coming through your antakarana or your energy cord uh, where the divine energy comes is a specific amount. Or if you're going to activate the Kundalini, here you're blessing more than 7 billion people. So the amount of energy coming down is tremendous. So oh, wow. I, I jumped to the meditation because I'm passionate. I was talking, sorry, uh, I'll no, get okay. to the service. When you give, you are entitled to receive. So people coming to my studio for healing, when I, uh, it is important that they pay. Sometimes and many times at the beginning, I felt I had a gift, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I have a gift. I can't, I can't charge. Then mm-hmm. I started to study, study, study and realize first spending money on my studies and then that money is also just energy. So the person needs to give back. You cannot only give to the person. The person needs to give back. When I do healing to to friends and I don't want to charge, I say, okay, this is what I charge for my session. Donate that. Two. So you have a problem in your ears to the ears hospital. You have a problem with your eyes to the blind people or you cannot have children. Donate to the obstetricians. So the where you're going to put the energy, that energy is going to come back. So it's also, oh, yes. Uh, I like that. Yes. So part of the healing, even if you paid the session, I will recommend you to do service and to do service specifically to those suffering from the same problem that you are having. Hmm. Yeah, very interested and definitely the meditation. I, I was fortunate enough to, to be part of one of your sessions a few years back, highly recommended. And I think, Andy, we can probably link to, to the current Zoom meetings in, in our show notes. But that, that is also was one of my questions, Agustina, let's say. You mentioned already there's a specific 
practitioner um, now in pranic healing for COVID-19. We live in these turbulent times. You also mentioned you are now doing Zoom meetings, which I assume, I don't know whether you did them before COVID or not. So maybe if you can talk a little about that aspect of <clears throat> how pranic healing can help in, in these times and how maybe also you personally switched um, from a more, let's say, in-person service to, to whatever is possible online. Okay, yes. Thank you, Tim, for that. Uh, I'm so happy that you enjoyed the meditation. So the meditation on Twin Hearts, as I said, was created by Master Chua Koksui, inspired in the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. It's not about religion. Even though we do an invocation, we invoke for the highest ones. I name God my spiritual teacher. But if someone that doesn't believe in God, they can invoke their own spiritual teachers if they even have one or the energies of the universe. And this meditation, I, I direct the spa in Faena for 14 years already, uh, 11 years in Argentina, now three years in the United States. And we have been having this meditation for free, open to the public. Anyone, any, a homeless, a homeless, anyone that wants to come to our meditation and do service for the planet is welcome. And it's always at 3 p.m. In Argentina, they still do it now that I am here. And when I came to the States, I readapted the menu for the spa, including pranic healing, crystal therapies, and the meditation and the workshops. So the meditations continue to be free, and they were every day. It wasn't me giving it every day, but there was always a pranic healer uh, providing the meditation as a service for anyone who wanted to go. And when the hotel closed uh, due to... Uh, the, the COVID-19, I was, okay, um, I'm going to have some time to do my meditations and my yoga, and I'm studying, and I'm doing many, I'm, I, I, I'm doing many, many things, and I'm creating even a stress management workshop for a platform to help people to manage their stress, and uh, people started, are you still doing the meditation? I was like, no, well, maybe. And I always had a little resistance on the media, not social media, I have my Instagram, but recording video. Virtual. Yeah. yeah and I said, okay, I'll have to do it. So I said, okay, I'll start to give the meditations. And I started and then people, oh, and tomorrow. And so I said, okay, I'll do them every day. But... Tuesday, no, I, I'm going to do it Tuesday, Thursdays, and Sundays, Saturdays and Sundays. And then someone said, oh, but I want it in Spanish. Okay, Fridays is in Spanish. <laughs> so from Thursdays to Sundays is straight. And then Monday and Wednesday, I rest and I do it on Tuesdays. And it's my service to the, it's my service to help others help others. So for mm -hmm. me, it's very important. It's like this opportunity that you are giving me, for me, it's a huge opportunity to see maybe even if it is one person that mm -hmm. makes a click in their life, someone that is like, oh yeah, I am always hungry. 
oh yeah, and something changed the life of you know, or someone says, oh, I want to join the meditation of this girl. I, I you know, and it can be life changing for many people. So I encourage you all to to come to the meditation. Some people say like, oh, I really like more the part. Of, yeah, I do, I do healing in the meditation during the meditation. I like more the part of the healing. It's like yeah, you're receiving. The first time is giving. So see what's happening there. <laughs> yeah. No, and there is some people that say, "Oh, I love the first part. I couldn't stop crying. Is that normal?" Yeah, everything is normal. You are activating your heart, and there is, you know, so much love that you're giving and awakening that it is. You get emotional. Even I get emotional. Um, I do it for years, and many times I. You know, I, I also, uh, you think of those people having difficult times and you're sending them energy. And of course, you know, and your heart breaks. But it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest reasons why we started this podcast was for that very, actually, it was a conversation I was having with my abuelo, uh, grandpa in Spanish. Um, and I said, man, I wish I can record this. So many people need to hear this. And then I'll have more conversations and I'd say, man, I wish I can record this. Um, so I started saying, you know what? I should start recording this. So, um, and it's for people just like yourself, Agustina, that have a lot to share. And, and even if we can, even if we can impact one person listening to, to this, um, that's the whole purpose, right? Or even, even for me or, or Tim to learn more about this and we can share it with somebody else and, uh, and, and be able to explain uh, something a little bit better, help them with something that they're going through um, or, you know, point them in the right direction also is another component. Um, it's the biggest reason why we do this podcast. So um, that's awesome. Perfect. I don't know, Tim, did you have any other questions before we close up here? I have, I would have many, but I know we also, yeah, get to an end. So definitely let's, let's continue, but. Okay. Um, so we'll finish off uh, closing here. Um for your contact information, Augustina, I do have your Instagram, which is Augustina underscore Caminos underscore Free Spirit, correct? Absolutely. And Perfect. It's Augustina, not Augustina, as many people write. So many people say, I don't find you because they put A-U-G-U and it's A-G. I'll make sure. So you should see her information at the bottom of the show notes here. Um, her Instagram, her Facebook, we'll go ahead and link that down here. Um, and also uh, the link to her meditations that she's currently doing and any of the workshops um, that she has planned. Um, we'll make sure to link everything so you guys can make sure you can uh, reach out to her and join her meditations because I know I definitely will. Nope. Um, so just to kind of, go ahead. No, so happy. So happy to hear. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just wanted to go over real quick the, the books that you had mentioned. Uh, we asked every guest for uh, some book recommendations because as um, our audience tunes into these episodes, they want to learn more about the particular uh, topic or reach out to you. And three of the books, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mistaken was the first one is Miracles Through Pan Pranic Healing of Master Chia Kork Sui. Sui. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and kind of why you recommended it? Well, that is the basic book. It's the book of the basic workshop for pranic okay. healing. So why do I recommend it? Because I all, there is so much information in the workshop. The workshop is a two-day workshop that it lasts yeah. between 16 to 
18 hours. Like we, at 10 a.m., we finish 6, 7 p.m. And generally, I do it Saturday and Sunday. And it is so much information. It's like theory practice, theory practice. Theory. And it's so much that if you read the book before, like the workbook is like, it teaches you how to read the book because the book has all the yeah. protocols. But at the same time, if you read the book first, when you come to the workshop, it's not the first time you're having all those concepts. So right. I highly recommend it for everyone. And it will be like a start point to their awakening of their energies. Perfect. And then the second one was Hatha Yoga of Antonio B.I. Yes. Well, well, I thought that I recommended the um, autobiography of a yogi. When you said the three okay. books, I was like, oh, which were the books? Oh, yes. I, well, I, I could recommend that one also, but the, the one um, that I did recommend is like my yoga bi Bible that mm -hmm. my granddad gave to me when I was super, I don't know, 14, 15 and already the cover of the, I think it's sold out, but probably in Amazon you can, you can have a, an old copy of the book. The book describes the yoga practice uh, so, how to say, pragmatically. So, like, they talk about God without being religious. They yeah. talk about the chakras just being practical. How, like, it is amazing how it is described, how the yoga is. Uh, there is something so important for me, like my, the nugget I got from the, the, the teaching, the most important teaching I think I got from that book. It's a lot. It's really it's a lot. But it is how it talks about the unity. No, well, yoga is union of our spirit, mm -hmm. mind, and body. And how we are so disassociated from, uh, like generally people say body, mind and spirit and it's not like that you when you talk about uh you talk with, about hierarchies you talk the most important first <laughs> no so you're talking of a president first you talk about the president then the vice president and then the the ones that follow and the same when you describe something so it is spirit mind and body and many times we are so identified with our body that we kind of don't give a little bit more time, uh, a little time also to the mind. And if we have time to the spirit, and it should be the opposite, really yeah. focus on the spirit, giving time to, to the mind, and of course, building the body to be a strong fundament to hold it. Um, so, and from there, it, it, it is very interesting book. It's, it's amazing. And then the, the last one, I don't know how to say this. Oh. I think it's uh, Puerta Cerrada, John Paul Sarte. Uh, yes, it's, uh, uh, she, she's, what? Oh, a Puerta Cerrada, that one is the one. Okay, I was in between many books. <laughs> <laughs> so both books that I was between of, the, the third option, it's uh, Jean Paul Sartre. Mm -hmm. and the other one from Simone de Beauvoir, that was his wife. And both have to do with the COVID-19, even though, of course, they, they, um, they are from the past century. But uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, he, uh, he wrote a lot of uh, drama, uh, teatro. Mm -hmm. teatro is drama, no? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pieces. Mm -hmm. yeah. And 
and my uh, my mom always made me gave me like Shakespeare, Sartre to read. Like she enriched my life a lot with literature. And this book, A Puerta Cerrada, is the is a small story of these three people going to hell. And they were going to hell, and they were led uh, to a corridor. And when they opened the door, first it was the lady. She opens the door and says, oh, this is hell. That's a nice room. It was a very beautiful, nice room, like Louis XV uh, decor, you know, all white. But And then another man goes to the same room, and then another woman goes to the same room, and they had to be in the same room forever. And that was hell. <laughs> so... I thought it was very funny and interesting for for the situation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So those are three. Uh, so it's the book and a autobiography and then a drama, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I'll make sure to link those so that the uh, listeners can uh, indulge in those. I think that'll be good for them. And then this last component before we say uh, before we close is speed round. So speed round or rapid fire, as Tim likes to call it, is where we have a few questions. Both Tim and I will kind of ask you some questions and you have a small amount of time to answer them. Uh, This just gives us a better understanding of who you are. It's uh, funny, uh, but also uh, just to get, again, just to get to know you a little bit more. Okay. Uh, Okay. Are you ready? Are you a little nervous? I love No. Okay. All right. So I'll have, I'll ask two and Tim will ask two and then uh, we'll close it up. Okay. 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 All right. Tim, you can start off. Sure. Uh, what is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? What is my bucket list? One of the things on your bucket list. Yeah. What is a bucket list? Things you would like to do in the future you haven't done yet. Oh, okay. Um, be an actress. Be an actress. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, next. But I, I've never been an actor. I am, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No worries. Uh, here's another question. What's your greatest fear? My greatest fear? The unknown. Um, I, I would resume it like the unknown, but it's more the unknown in a, like uh, spiritual things, weird spiritual things. So the spiritual things that you're not, that you're not aware of. Huh? So the spiritual things that you're not aware of, is that what you meant? Like uh, dense or dark spiritual energies, un- unknown things like that. That gives me... Got it. Yeah. Got it. Last song that was stuck in your head. Last song. Oh, let me see. Um, oh, I was hearing Shilda the other day. Um, I was... Uh, Cleaning my house, but I don't remember the song. Well, I can say, Pídeme la luna, te la bajaré. Pídeme la luna, la cantaré. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, so whoever knows that song definitely understands where you're coming from. Um, last question will be is, if you can travel to one place, where would it be? Take me to the moon. Okay. <laughs> At this point, okay. I would go to the moon. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so that that concludes our uh, speed round. So just to close off, um, we'd like to finish off with three thank yous. 
Um, and the first thank you goes to you, Augustina, um, for, again, giving us the, the time, giving us uh, your energy, giving us um, just, again, just a little bit of, uh, of what you do uh, for everyone, for yourself, um, for the world. Again, the practice that you have, uh, giving us the information that you uh, were able to share with us during today's episode. I uh, just want to thank you very much for jumping on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you. And then the second thank you goes to our listeners. Um, without you guys, um, this platform really wouldn't, I mean, it would still be here, but it would be uh, not really listened to, right? So we'd be talking to the air. So for those of you that do uh, tune in to each episode, uh, you could have been doing anything at this moment, but you chose to listen to this episode and uh, we greatly, greatly um, appreciate it and are very thankful for the opportunity to um, share some information and to uh, light or uh, highlight some of our guests um, that, again, have an extraordinary amount of information that they can share. And again, thank you very much for um, listening to the podcast. And then the last thank you goes to our clients, our patients, our students, and those who we get to interact with on a daily basis. Um, For those who value what we teach, those who value what we're able to provide, um, thank you very much. Uh, we're very passionate on what we do, whether we're coaches, instructors, therapists, um, trainers, whatever we are, um, our form, our art, our practice, uh, means a lot. So to have somebody else on the receiving end, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very important. So thank you very much. Uh, with that being said, this is connect and move radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna signing out. Hey there, Andy Fortuna here, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I love the opportunity to connect and share information with passionate people just like you, and would love the opportunity to do the same for others. So please take the time right now to leave a five-star review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support, and see you on the next episode. Hold up.